Heritage Media. Ever wondered what it's like running a business and managing 70 big kids and running a household and raising two little ones? Well, our next guest, Megan Green, has been here for a very long time and she's an integral part of Wisebury and worn a lot of hats. Here to talk about the work-life balance and even if there is such a thing, what it's like being a general manager of a growing business and what it's like evolving with it. Here's Megan. I had an interesting morning, to be honest. I was like, get up, get ready. Like, it's all going to be sweet. No, everything just went out the window today. Mm. Mm. I haven't done my hair. Nice. Mm. Your hair looks like my hair and I did my hair, so... <laughs> Something. So, love that for me. <laughs> Alrighty. We doing it? We're on. Okay. So, Megs, where'd you grow up? I grew up um, on the Central Coast. So, we had a house in Camel. Um, and yeah, grew up there and always been local. Okay. And did you go to a local school here? Yes. So, I went to Camel Public School. And then uh, Wadalba Community School, which was a new high school. So we were only the second year to go through there, which yep. was really awesome. Like, didn't have that big, daunting high school thing. It was just one year above us and it was all people that we knew. And everything so was new and fresh. Everything was fresh. It was very small. So, like, I think there was one block to start with and a couple of demountables. And then as time went on, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger with all the buildings that got built. So there's enough bunts and burners for everyone in the class. Just. <laughs> In the demountable they were, by the way, I think. Uh, but no aircon, but Bunsen burners. No, there was definitely no aircon. And um, what did you, sorry, what year did you actually start working for Wisebury? Um, I started with Wisebury in 2006, I think it was. Mm, no, 2005. Okay, and how old were you? When you started, that's giving away. I know, a I know. Well, I guess I, guess. I was seven. <laughs> Had you? Did you do year twelve? Yes, I did year twelve. No, yeah. I was. Um, so I started here when I was still at school. Mm-hmm. I think I was in year eleven, and um, I started as the weekend girl. Yes. So okay. I would have been what I think sixteen or seventeen. So while most of your cohorts are all working at McDonald's and takeaway shops and the hot bread shop you were working in real estate so I was doing that as well okay yeah so I worked Saturdays and Sundays um during the day it was heritage then it wasn't Wisebury and I worked in the night times at Pizza Hut and I was doing school as well okay so that says a lot (laughs) (laughs) says a lot about young Megan okay so you're starting in reception mm-hmm. and you're just what answering phones on the weekends. Yeah, so it started out by doing work experience. I was doing a business um, studies course at school and we had to do some work experience and I knew Darren. So I phoned him and asked if I could come along and do some work and he said, yep, no worries. And then, yeah, it kind of just grew from there. So at the end of it, he said, if you ever want a job, you know, basically when you leave school, come and see me. So you did that, you finished year 12 yep. and then you got, ring Darren and say, hey, I'm ready. Pretty much. So what yeah. did you, so you started full time straight out of school here and what were you doing? I was doing reception as well. So it was a reception and customer care role, which I'd been doing on the weekends anyway. So it was talking to past clients and, and current clients that were selling through us, you know, 
um, doing surveys with them and things like that. And then once I moved over into the full-time role, it just grew from there. So it was, um, you know, reception, looking after the sales team, um, just learning really because I'd been there on the weekend and I'd seen what had happened on the weekend in a real estate business, but I'd only done the week week's work experience there to see what happens Monday to Friday and that was very different. Very different. Very. And along the way you've had to do – did you have to do the training that everyone else – does when they go into real estate? Yeah, so after about, what, eight or ten weeks on the front desk, I went to Darren and said, I'm bored. I don't really like this job. Um, And so then uh, I moved over to be his, um, like, assistant, but it was more of a sales role. So he threw me straight on the phones and said, all right, it's time to start prospecting. Um, which was very out of comfort zone for me at the time. Um, And I didn't really like it, but I appreciate that I did it and that I had to do it and that I had a number that I had to get to. Um, And it made me appreciate that role now that I look back on it. And and then it progressed from there. So we had um, Darren and then myself, and then we had a buyer's agent as well that worked with us. Um, And so... Basically, I did a bit of prospecting and looked after the vendors and Darren's diary and he looked after all the buyer appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked different shifts, so between the two of us, we covered the whole seven days. So I did deal with buyers on those two days that he was off, mm-hmm. but the other days it was more listings and um, PA work. And obviously there's a certificate in real estate and certain things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Can you actually become a licensed agent before you're 18 or do you have to be 18? So it was a little bit different back then. Um, Back then you could pretty much just get your licence by paying some money and signing a form and here's your licence. Buying some cornflakes. Basically out of a (laughs) cornflake box. Um, But thank goodness they've just changed that um, over the last – they've spent a lot of time trying to get these these new reforms through um, and they've just changed it so that it's more of a a profession and it's more of a – I suppose not an apprenticeship because it's not that involved, but they've just made it so that you can't just finish school and go and open your own real estate office. Like back when I came into real estate, you could have done that. You could Mm. have got your license, opened your office and hallelujah, off you go. Yep. So yes, um, back then different now, no, Mm -hmm. there needs to be more on the job experience before you can get to that class one license holder, which allows you to open the office. Okay. And just want to go back to young Megan prospecting. Mm-hmm. Is your personality the type of personality that if Darren said to you, I need you to make 150 phone calls today, you would do it? Or are you kind of driven to get your own number? Do you do you like having tasks and goals? Are you, Or are you just someone who just hits the ground running and would just make as many calls as you can without being told? Um, no, I think it was good to have that guideline because I was only what I would have been 18 mm-hmm. at the time. Um, like I've always been driven and I've always liked that challenge of here's a goal, go get it. Um, but I wouldn't have probably known what a good number was or, or what a bad number was mm. at the time. So it was nice to be told, here's the number, this is what I expect. And, you know, this is a rough amount per hour that you kind of, as a, as a yardstick. So I sat there with my little pen and paper and did my tallies and tallied it along. So you're now the general manager of Wisebury Heritage Mm -hmm. and we'll come to that in a second but I just wanted to what other roles have you done between now and then because you've done a lot 
Yeah. So once I went into the PA, so I'd been on reception, went to the PA role. Um, then we had a bit of a change up. So our um, previous lady that was looking after our marketing, and marketing was a very different world back then, um, but she moved on and we had another girl who's still in our team, Nick. She then moved into that role, uh, but she went on maternity leave. And me being me, like I always want what's next and what can I learn and all that kind of thing. And I kind of felt like I'd gotten um, probably as much as I could out of the role at the time that I was doing for Darren, Um, even though like that role is just always growing. I thought, well, here's an opportunity for me to learn something different. So why don't I step into that role while Nick went off and had the baby? Um, So I did that um, for a little while. And then Darren came to me. I'm not even sure how long I would have been in that role for, but he sort of came to me and said, look, I need you to come back as my assistant. Um, he'd He'd had some other assistants during that time and tried some different things, but basically said, look... I need you back and and I took a bit of time to think about it because I was at a stage in my life where I was kind of just partying and Mm. wanted to hang with my friends and I didn't know if I wanted to go back to that full commitment of that role because it is a big commitment Um, and then I think I took a day or so and went back to him and said yep all right let's do it so I went back to that role and then um, we had our accounts role was sort of growing and we had a lady in there who'd been with us for a really long time she was part-time and um Darren said to me look like she just can't fit anymore in she's at her absolute limits so I then started doing accounts as well as my current role that I was doing for Darren I did that for oh gosh maybe a year or two so I was just doing that one and a half days of my week was kind of dedicated to that So I got a really good understanding of, you know, payroll and invoices and superannuation and all of that that I'd previously heard all of these terms, but I really knew nothing about. Mm. So that was really cool. Um, Again, it's something else that just has added to my knowledge of the 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 real estate world, but also (laughs) the business world. And were you also doing trust accounting as well at that point? Yes. Yeah. And back then it was a very manual process. So we had, um, I feel like I'm really old saying this, but we actually had (laughs) books that we um, like logged everything in and we would reconcile using these books. Whereas these days it's all, it's all electronic. Yeah. And you know, if you haven't, uh, you know, if you haven't balanced. Yeah, that's right. And the trust accounting is serious because you're holding money for people. Yes. And it, it's sitting there and it's not your money and it's not their money. It's kind of just... It is and it can be quite daunting because you're dealing with like hundreds of thousands of dollars of people's money and, yeah, it can be very daunting Mm. when you first start doing it. So your general manager role, how long have you been general manager at Wisebring? Um, So I started in 2013 in this role when we were opening our Wyong office. Um, Darren, like over time in that PA role for him... It started off as like a sales PA, but mm-hmm. as time went on, I just took more and more of, um, you know, learning from him and watching what he did and just, I don't really know how it happened. It was, I guess, just Very a organic. natural proge- progression that 
um, I'd see the tasks that he was doing and that he was so busy in the sales world. So I would just take more and more of that back end stuff off him. My strength was the back end and his strength was the, the people. Yeah. So that's just kind of the yin and yang that worked for us. I did that stuff, he did that stuff and mm. it worked. So I think, as I've said in the intro, you have two small children at home mm-hmm. and you raise two small children. Mm-hmm and you manage 70 big children. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to talk to you about um, just your – how do you manage all the personalities that are within the team? Everyone comes to you Mm. for good stuff and bad stuff and I imagine there's a lot of HR that takes up your day. Mm. How do you manage all of that? How do you – Yeah, it's a really good question. Um – The answer is, I don't really know. Like, there's no formula. People say, how do you do what you do? And it's like, there's no procedure manual for it. There's no, well, you know, you know, here's the question and yes goes one way and no goes the other way and there's a flow chart of how to deal with it. It's just kind of, I guess one would be the knowledge of the business over time and how it's grown, so I've got that. Um, Two would be the knowledge of Darren and how I know that, he likes things run and what his expectations are three I guess it's moving with the time so just because we did something a certain way five or ten or fifteen years ago when I first started it's very different now it's a very different way of running things but still with the same values Mm. um gut feel um there's no right or wrong you've sometimes just got to go with what you think is the best thing for that potent like for that actual situation um, it's not always the right decision that I make, but it's always with the best intentions. So you recently, you know, like I said, you've how old are your children first, I should say? Yeah, so I've got a little boy, Jordan, who's nearly five, and a little girl, Lara, who's just turned one. So how much mat leave did you take with both the kids and was mat leave actually proper leave or were you still working? So when I had Jordan, I took about nine months I think it was and I would say that was about as much mat leave as I could so I did switch off for most of that Um, towards the end of it I was coming in and having catch-ups with Darren and you know we were always communicating um, but in terms of actually working no I didn't do a lot with Jordan Um, with Lara I'd said to Darren look I don't want to be off off like I sort of want to just keep my head in the swing of it and know what's going on still so we'd had that conversation not knowing that COVID was about to hit and everyone's world was about to get turned upside down um so you know two or three weeks after she was born we were basically you know the, the country started to get locked down and then within a week it was basically you know all systems off um and so basically went from oh I'll just have a little bit of involvement over my time off to pretty much you know um just doing whatever I could to help out from where I was yeah so how do you go from three week old newborn bubble Mm -hmm. broken sleep yada yada Mm -hmm. to restructuring a whole business and a whole company model as we knew it like I don't even know where to like how much how instrumental were you in that because you would have you were relied on a lot yeah I will say I was very lucky that Lara slept very good at the start so 
um, I could at least function in terms of like <laughs> a bit of clear thinking from having sleep. Um, I can't really take any credit for any of the big decisions that were made. It was very much all on Darren and the leadership teams that we have here. Um, I was just more of a sounding board and a, hey, you know, you just flick to me the stuff that I can actually do from where I am and within the limits that I've got. Like I can't commit that I'm going to be working these days and these hours, but I am going to be up at some weird times and I am going to have some downtime through the day. So I'm happy to do anything that you need in terms of back-end stuff. Mm. But front-end stuff um, was was all on them. Yeah, wow. And they, like, it was amazing to watch from the outside. I don't know that I would have appreciated it as much if I had have been here because when you're working, like, it can just get so busy and so intense and you get caught up in what's happening that you don't often see the bigger picture. But watching it from the outside, it was just, it was amazing to watch how quickly they adapted um, the attitudes of the not only the staff but the leadership teams in coming to Darren with ideas about you know how we could do this or how we can do that and and the intention was how do we keep the team the same mm. as what we are at the start to the end like because we knew there was people around us that were letting people go you know there was businesses that were downsizing or shutting their doors people getting laid off from their jobs and we didn't want to do that we loved our team um, we didn't want to say goodbye to anybody. Mm. So it was about how do we look short term of what we can do to keep that long term picture yep. um, Cause alive. You've only got to take two weeks off in a business, particularly in your role, mm. just even on holidays and you come back and you feel like it's been six months mm. because particularly in real estate, things change so quickly and you blink and something's happened and mm. the, the houses that were for sale then are no longer for sale and you've got new stock on and you... I can't even imagine being on maternity leave and COVID hits and the business as you knew it absolutely flipped mm. on its head. Mm. So, and it's it, it would be an interesting perspective to see it because you were in it but not in it. That's right. From afar. Yeah. And it was really nice because we did um, basically daily Zooms for a really long time. It was nice that I could still jump on and see everyone's faces but also hear the, like the conversations that were being had yes it was tried to be kept light and happy and whatever but it was also raw and real like Darren didn't hide anything from the team it was always very open about where he was at and what he was thinking and where he wanted things to go but getting their opinion too and getting their feedback on what they should what they thought should happen Mm. and do you take a lot of work home with you not just the physical laptop stuff but the you know people's problems and you know, do you take a lot of that mental load home as well or do you are you one of these people just to switch off? You walk in the door and you've got another job to do and no, you switch off? No, never switch off. Yeah. And they say it does take a village to raise a child. Do you to do the job you do, do you have a really good network around you or do you have to outsource a bit? Yeah, I'm really lucky that we have family that live close by. Um, so my mum and dad, they're only nearby and my in-laws, they're also not too far away. So, um, the kids do go to daycare a few days a week and then we do also have help, um, on one day of the week for the kids, but we do try to do most of it ourselves. Um, you know, we know that the grandparents love their time with the grandkids, but it's also their time in their life that we want them to be able to go and do the things that they want to do and not tie them down as well. So, yeah, we we basically just um, – and my husband's great. Like, he um, 
he does a lot at home and I couldn't do what I do without him and without my family around. Mm. Um, so I am very lucky in that sense. And when you do work for a business like Wisebury, which is it's a family business and you feel like family when you're, when you're in it, you've worked here for a really long time and colleagues become friends because you've worked beside these people and you've grown up with these people. Mm. And how do you separate the friendships that you form when you do have to manage performance and you do have to manage, you know, the HR issues that come into it? How, how do you separate that? Um, I would say in the past it was something I found very hard um, because I would look at things that if I had to have a tough conversation with somebody that I was doing the wrong thing by them because I didn't necessarily like having that conversation. But over time, I guess I've it's a skill that I've had to build on and work on and learnt that, you know, there's a relationship there outside of work and, yes, it's there inside work too. But if there's a work thing that needs to be discussed, we just discuss it as a work thing and then we move, move on. on. Yeah. And not every, like, you know, no one likes confrontation, but some people are much better at it and mm. approaching it. And how, is that something you've had to learn or is that something you've been quite good at just no. in your nature? It's definitely something I've had to learn. Um, I've probably always looked at confrontation as a bit of a daunting thing. But over time, again, it's something that I've just had to look at as it's just a conversation. Mm. Um, And the more I've done it, like in the past, I'd go over in my head every possible conversation or response or direction that that conversation could take before I would have that conversation. Whereas now, like I've learned over time that all of those possible situations probably none of them happened it was always something different to what I pictured (laughs) happening anyway um so now it's sort of like okay just have the conversation yeah like go to them with whatever it is and sometimes you've just got to say to people look this isn't actually an easy conversation for me to have or this isn't an easy topic for me to bring up but we've got to do it so here it is and then you just move on on it and how do you think being a general manager in real estate is different from other businesses Yeah, I don't really know because I haven't been in another industry or another business like other than when I worked at Pizza Hut. So I think from a real estate perspective, um, you know, I suppose as a general manager, like you could be, I don't know, a general manager of a cleaning company and it would be very specific to cleaning. Um, You know, it's house cleaning or it's commercial cleaning or it's whatever it is. But in real estate, it's sales and it's property management and it's admin and it's marketing and it's finance and there's a lot of different arms to it and then there's the net like the franchise side of it too so the bigger network and I think it's um it's more just that multi facets of the business that is where the depth of my role comes in um so I think to compare it to another industry would be hard because I don't have anything to compare Mm. it to Um, But I do think it's probably just a deeper role in the sense of more areas Mm. to look over as opposed to just a industry specific. Yeah. Yeah. Because I find if you were to look at pick an an industry, it very much is regimented hours and our sales team and property management team don't stop. And Mm. there's always issues arising with tenants or vendors or purchases and then the sales team are on which means you're on yes so it's 
it's a 24-7 business mm. and I guess that comes into my next question I want to talk to you about, which is just managing your day, managing your role and being very specific with your time. Mm. How do you do your time management? Is is there a trick to it? Is it a, Are you a visual sort of phone alert? Are you a diary person that needs to see something in writing? How? Um, look, I have an ideal week, so to speak, and I use that term very loosely because... Um, I think in an ideal week perspective, I've, I've heard it at a seminar once before and they basically said an ideal week can only be ever achieved to 80%. Like no person ever has an ideal week and sticks to it 100%. It just, that's just not the way that the world works. Um, I probably think that percentage is a little bit lower. I think it's probably more around the 50 to 60 because you can only, you can only plan so much. So Yes, I have my my big rocks, so to speak, um, you know, my meetings and my the people side of it. And then I also have the, you know, time that I set aside for procedures or planning um, and that quiet sort of time. But in between you have the, you know, hey, we've just had this happen or someone comes and tells you that they're pregnant or um, someone has something really exciting happening in their life that you need to celebrate or it's someone's birthday. So you have cake in the office. Like there's all those little things that you just can't, plan for yeah but you have to be there for yeah and um so I guess to answer the question I do I use my outlook calendar that's kind of my my base of mm-hmm. where I try to store all the stuff that I need to do but other than that again it comes back to gut feel yep whack-a-mole <laughs> what's the what's the problem or what's this where do I need to be yep. as it comes up yeah and I just want to talk about talk about gender for a minute um we're the opposite to a lot of business. We actually have more than double, more way more double females than we do males. Mm. Um, and we are a very family-friendly business. But do you think becoming a parent yourself, you understand better that the you know the school kid, you know the school calling with kids and the three pm pickup and that balance that most of the women in this company do. Do you think that's given you a different perspective since becoming a parent yourself? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's something that you can't ever explain to somebody until it happens to them. You know, you can't explain to them what it's like to have a child or um, to feel like you're missing out on things or even the days that they say, oh, I don't want you to go to work today. And it's like, I would really love to just spend the day with you, but I can't. Um, And so it's, yes, being a mum has changed that. And I think we really do try to put family first here. Um, yes, there's a job to do, but if COVID's taught us anything, it's that you can have both. Um, you just have to be disciplined with it. So if you're going to go and, you know, watch the cross country, the athletics carnival <laughs> or the Easter hat parade or whatever it is, that's great. But you, you also can't um, leave your job behind because of that. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to be organised and just plan your week. Well, that was one of the things that COVID did do, wasn't it? Because there was no athletics carnivals and there was no Easter hat parades <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden all these mums have got no Saturday sports, no birthday parties mm. and lots of free time. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And what are your, who are your mentors? Who, what drives you? Who are your, what do you listen to or read or visit? How do you stay inspired? Um, I do a lot of reading. So my books, are, I, I really like books about people that, Um, have achieved things in their life and I wouldn't say motivational books so to speak because I think that that term gets thrown around a lot but 
I could read a book and you could read a book and we could get totally different messages out of that book. Mm. Or you could read it and go, oh, that was pretty unmotivating. And I could read it and be like, whoa, that was amazing. So um, I think it is – books can teach you a lot, but it can also depend on where you're at in your life. What you've got happening in your life can very much um, dictate what you will or won't take out of that book. So for me, it's not always about even the information that's in the book. It's where it takes my brain otherwise. Like quite often I'll get a page or two into a book and then next minute I've got my phone out and I'm taking notes about something idea that I've just had that I need to implement for work. And so – it's, it's more the mental stimulation but also that um, block-off time that you're just in this kind of other zone. Um, you know, listening to podcasts, listening to music. Music's big for me. Like, I hate listening to the radio because there's just too much ch- chatter. I'd rather put music on that I actually want to hear and that makes me feel good. Mm. So they're kind of my, my things that um, get me excited. And then, you know, there's people in my life that I talk to you know, there's Darren, there's um, George, my mum and dad, um, there's some other Wisebury leaders that I rely on. So I wouldn't say like I've got a mentor or even a group of mentors. It's just people in my life that I know I can get advice yeah. from. Yeah. And what's the best piece of advice you've been given as a businesswoman? Um... probably not and I probably don't put it into practice as much as I should but not not aiming for perfection just aim for excellence like nothing's ever going to be perfect and particularly in this role nothing's ever finished like there's no finish line there's no hey you've just made that sale well done like rest up exchange settlement there's there's not really that in this role it's it's more you know you might update procedures or you might employ new team members or you know um change something within the structure but that's not the finish sometimes that's only just the beginning Mm. which is kind of the scary but exciting bit because you get to a certain point you go oh that's done but then that being done means whoa like that tiny one thing that you might have just done or changed could have this ripple effect, good or bad, in mm. some some ways that you then have to be ready for. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, not not trying to just go for perfection. Okay. Just do the best that you can and then roll with it from there. And what about um, the best piece of advice you've been given as a mum? Um, roll with it. <laughs> Probably pretty much the same, to be honest. I think, um, you know... First time mum and second time mum, very different Mm -hmm. um, in how you do things. So first time it's about what's right and how do I do this perfectly and, you know, why isn't my child having that extra five minutes of sleep and sleeping from seven till seven? How come Mm -hmm. they're not doing that? Like what can I do to make that happen? Because you've just been robbed of your whole, you know, your sleep pattern and your life that you could just go and do the things that you wanted to do when you wanted. So it's it's life-changing when that happens but second time I think you just you just roll with it and and lastly where's your favorite place to visit on the central coast I probably don't have one it's really difficult to pick one um just being outdoors like I just we live nearby to the beach so it's really nice to be able to just go for a walk and be outside and hear the waves and get the sand in your toes and take the kids out there 
So for me, it's just it's just being out and about and just enjoying what we've got. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Megs. That's okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Lovely chatting. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Megan. I've got to say she's my general manager and she is delightful and she's inspiring and she's actually a, a very big mentor to me. This podcast drops every Wednesday wherever you get your podcast and if you like it, please subscribe. It is produced by the amazing Kieran Christie, hosted by me, Carly Eldridge, and is brought to you by Heritage Media. Bye for now. Heritage Media.